Welcome to a rock show special we have for you today. Uh, this is going to be a tribute on the late Jimmy Buffett, who passed away on September 1st. I'm Rocker Mike, and that's Rob Rossi. How are you, Rob? Pretty good today. It's yeah. amazing. I could, you know, this is a guy that we probably would never do like a show on because um, he's not pretty much your gender, but he's a guy that I've seen live once or twice. And he put on the hell of a show. It was like a party, you know, the beach yeah. ball, the plane, and, and I, it was I mean, just you, a good time. You're probably right. I probably wouldn't have thought of doing a show on him, but but uh, I got nothing against the guy. He was <laughs> he was known as as a party animal. I can appreciate that, and and uh, it's just the whole parrot head thing is something that I never really yeah. got into. But I, I I'm not against it. I mean, I'm, and it's sad that he died. He was well well loved, well respected. Uh, he did it quite a bit of charity through his whole life. He gave back to the community um, and he loved his fans and he toured up until the very end. Uh, you know, sadly he passed away on the first of um, complications from Merkel cell carcinoma, which is a very rare skin disease. And it, you know, when I was doing the research, it just got me thinking, I'm like, this guy was just known for, being out on his boat and being in the sun and being on the beach and sipping a margarita on the beach and, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, I guess the sun, right. I guess he never, uh, you know, being out in the sun for so long, I guess, got him. I don't know. Just yeah, guessing. A lot, of, a lot of the shows he did were like, he tried to do outside shows. Outside, outside shows. Venue. Yeah. You I know, wonder he, if that. He did an indoor. It was like, but the outside, it was like a party. It's like you were on the beach, listening to music. It was just this party atmosphere. You would, you would just say, do smoke a bunch of doobies, you know, but take yeah. some mushroom and then enjoy the show, you know? The the tailgating for a Jimmy Buffett show was supposedly incredible. It's, that's I've always heard that. Yeah, because I went, I actually went to the Margaritaville in uh, Key West, which is one of the original ones. And I, I think, think that is the original one. one. And um, I actually had, they actually had like a happy hour, so I had a few margaritas, but uh, it's funny on when he died, I think everywhere I went, like I heard Margaritaville like yeah. six, seven times that night because there was like was, everybody, you know. Yeah, I was in a bar uh, the other night. Uh, when the hell was it? Monday night, and uh, I guess it was just a couple of days after Buffett passed, and and people were playing stuff on the jukebox and everything. And I was like, okay, you know, hey, look, uh, you know, 
the guy was around for uh, a very long time, about 50 years. Okay. Yeah. And uh, made his mark. He's one of the, he's, you know, some very interesting points here. I'll, before I get into his, his life stories, he, okay. He had over 30 albums in total. Yeah. Eight, eight was certified gold and nine platinum or multi-platinum in total. He sold over 20 million albums worldwide. Now, between that and the Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville restaurants, he also had another one. I, re I remember the other one, too. It's not around anymore, but it was called Cheeseburger in Paradise. That was a named after one of his songs, and that was a restaurant chain as well. Between, yeah. the, between the music, the business adventures he was in, which I'll get into a little deeper after. It wasn't just restaurants. Okay, he became one of the richest musicians in the world, and he was worth one billion dollars. Would it be? Okay, and he was also a best-selling author. Yeah. So this guy had his hands in a lot of things, and and he really, you know, he must have been some businessman because it really it really worked for him, you know. So that's cool. But you know, he also he also he also um. He also um, had a percentage, you know, the Lang Shark um, Stadium, like yeah. for for Dolphin, he did that. And the, the Lang Shark beer, the beer, Lang Shark beer, he sold to our hands of birds. Yeah, you I know? mean, he he started that. Yeah, even okay. the Cheeseburger Paradise, he sold that. Everything he starts, he sold. Yeah, I mean, he was a real, you know, he 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 catapulted this this successful music career into an like an empire almost. Okay. You know, like an entrepreneur, he was a real entrepreneur. Yeah, you know, I can respect that. Yeah, because he did that thing. You know, Resort Casino was pretty much dying and stuff. And then he decided to open up that uh, $35 million margarita village in Atlantic Scotland. City. And just, it's it like revived like, that, 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 that Resort Casino. So they're doing pretty yeah. good there. Well, they, you know, it's not that bad. If you ever go, they got pretty decent food. You know, I, have, I have been there. I, ha I have been there quite a few years back, but I have been there. And it isn't just, it isn't just the Margaritaville. You have your cheeseburger in paradise place. You have like, it's a theme, like it's a Jimmy Buffett theme throughout the, yeah. throughout the casino. So it's, I mean, he definitely, definitely turned it around. Okay. Because pa parrot heads are like deadheads. All right. They, they, they followed him around. They just go with what they were like rabid fans. So anytime he put his name on something, he had his whole audience just jump on it. So. I mean, he was really, he really was a genius in a lot of ways. Yeah, because he was a total, yeah, definitely a musician, but he was a great entrepreneur. Like you said, entrepreneur. He just put his money and let me tell you, man, he, 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 he lived a pretty good life, you know? I would say so. I mean, he was worth a billion dollars. He had a beautiful house in Sag Harbor out way out east, and he uh been living there for a long time. Uh you know the guy. The guy owned many boats over the years, airplanes. Uh, he went and did what he wanted to do, uh, and he gave back. Also, he did a lot of charity work, like I said. And I—I uh, I, I just think he was an all-around good guy. You know, it's a shame. You know, but seventy-seven, he lived a you know fairly long life, and uh, I can get into the story here. Of uh, it's very interesting. He was born on Christmas Day. 1946, yeah. December 25th. Now, as a young child, he started out playing the trombone. <laughs> uh, he was also exposed to sailing 
at a young age. Yeah, that's him after quite a bit of years. There he is. Yep. Uh, he was exposed to sailing with his grandfather. His grandfather's name was James Delaney, Delaney Buffett. And he was a steamship captain from Newfoundland. And his wow. father, Buffett's father, was a marine engineer and a sailor as well. So he had this like sailing background with his family and a lot of experience on boats. And that's why there's a lot of songs that, that have references to sailing and boats and the tropical life and all that. You know, they like to call his music tropical rock. I always thought that was kind of funny, you know. Um, he enrolled in Auburn University in 1965. Uh, by the way, he was born in uh, Pascagoula, Mississippi. He was from the South. So yeah. he enrolled in Auburn, Auburn University in 1965, but he failed out the next year. Uh, however, he did learn to play guitar from a classmate because he wanted to pick up chicks. So he learned how to play guitar to impress the ladies. And he did continue going to college after failing out of Auburn. He went to Pearl River Community College and the University of Southern Mississippi. He did this in order to keep his draft deferment. All right. In the Vietnam era, if you were in college, you would deferred from, from the draft most of the time. Yeah. Uh, he also had a failed physical exam that kept him out of Vietnam. Uh, but he would receive a bachelor's in history in 1969. He would then move to New Orleans briefly and play for mostly tourists and drunken audiences at the old Bayou Room on Bourbon Street. Uh, it's not there anymore. But in 1970, he would move to Nashville, Tennessee, and basically did that to kind of further this country career that he was interested in. Yeah. In early 71, he was hired by the Exit Inn nightclub in Nashville. And after a few months growing weary of the Nashville scene, he would relocate again, this time with country singer Jerry Jeff Walker to Key West in Florida, which would be kind of like a headquarters for him now, you know. Um, he quickly fell in love with the music scene there. And also he got involved in this, this kind of like literary scene that existed in Key West at the time with some famous authors that hung out there like Jim Harrison and Truman Capote. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's, that's one of the books that he would write later in life. Uh, I think that, that's not his memoir, though, right? I think there's another book that's his memoir. But um, at this time in the early 70s, uh, sex and drugs in Key West was plentiful. He was having a good time and, and indulging and all that. In 73, he signed a record contract with ABC Dunhill Records. And this had happened right after the death of folk singer Jim Croce. Uh, record producer Don Gant for that company was looking for a replacement for Croce. Yeah. Pretty much Buffett fit that bill, he felt. So his first release was the album A White Sport Coat and Pink Crustacean, released in that year, 1973. Early songs like Grapefruit, Juicy Fruit, and Why Don't We Get Drunk, as well as I Have Found Me a Home, were all about his time in Key West. He was just drawing off his experiences. In December of 74, from the album Lying and Dying in Three-Quarter Time, he would have his first single to crack the Billboard 100 with the song A Pirate Looks at 40. And it was written about a, it was written about a drug smuggler that I think he knew about. 
Now, in 75, he started a band called the Coral Reefer Band, which had some success. They opened for the Eagles a few times in 1975. Um, the album Havana Daydreaming was released in 1976. And then in 77, he released Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes. This would be a breakthrough album for him. Yeah. Uh, you had the title track. And, of course, you had the smash hit song that everyone knows called Margaritaville. Yeah. Um, Buffett claims that he actually wrote that song in about six minutes, most of it, in about six minutes. Uh, in March of 78, he released Son of a Son of a Sailor. Son of a Son of a Sailor. Uh, in addition to the title track, it also had the number 32 song on the charts, Cheeseburger in Paradise. Those two are probably his most well-known songs, though he had other you know, smaller hits as well. In 79, Volcano okay, was the album, and it featuring the title track and the song called Fins. Later on in 85, a compilation would come out called Songs You Know by Heart, which featured what he called the Big Eight, which was like Margaritaville and Cheeseburger in Paradise and other yeah. famous songs that he would yeah. always play. Uh, this compilation is actually his best-selling album out of his whole catalog. And it sold uh, 7 million copies in the first 20 years of its release by 2005, between 85 and 2005. That's pretty huge. Okay. Yeah. A lot of records there. Um, he would do an interesting release in 1994. If you remember, there was the, the duets series that Frank Sinatra put out. Yeah, the Mac the Knife. <laughs> right, right. Duets one and two. Yeah. Uh, modern artists singing with Frank. That was pretty much Frank's swan song stuff or what he had done. He would pass away a few years later. But uh, he did Mac the Knife, like you say, with, with, uh, with Frank Sinatra. It's a very cool version of it, you know. In 96 and 98, he had two controversial incidents happen to him. Uh, the first being in 1996, his plane was leaving Jamaica, the island, and <laughs> the police shot at the plane, okay, as it was leaving. And it did some damage, but nothing. nobody got hurt, nothing serious. Yeah. Uh, they believed that the plane was – they misunderstood who was on the plane. They believed that there were marijuana drug smugglers – on the plane smuggling weed out of Jamaica. Okay. So they decided. They probably were. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, is obviously Buffett was on the plane and his pilot and co pilot or whoever. Yeah. But Bono from U2 and his family were also on that plane. Okay. So, um, and also Island Records producer, the famous Chris Blackwell, was on that plane too. So Jamaican authorities had to quickly apologize they made a public apology about that um in 1998 he like, released, you know i remember that that thing it was on mtv news i, like, I remember i remember hearing it too yeah. i'm like i'm like yeah the play getting shot out yeah he was i said they were only apologizing because it was him he probably he probably had a <laughs> that was probably weed in that fucking plane. <laughs> it was probably smoke coming out of the oh, windows. Don't smoke. <laughs> but anyway, I, I can't believe how that. I, that once you say that, I remember clear. I was like, yeah, I, I remember, remember the news it. reports about that. It came and went quick, but I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> 
1998, the second controversial thing happened was he released a song. I, I, this is kind of funny. It's called Math Sucks. Yeah. Okay. And he got in trouble because it got condemned by math teachers and the National Education Association as being, you know, detrimental to children's education. I mean, really, it's Jimmy Buffett. You're going to go after this guy for that? You know, that's ridiculous. Okay. I mean, I don't know. And, and, and just for the record, math always did suck. So, you know, I don't have a problem. So in 2003, he partnered with country star Alan Jackson for a song called It's Five O'Clock Somewhere, yeah, um, which spent, yeah, which spent eight weeks on the top of the country charts. He also won a 2003 Country Music Award for uh, Vocal Event of the Year for that song. And that was his first award. In, in at that point was 30 years in the business. Wow. Um, he would also top the U.S. pop album charts for the first time in 2004 with the album Licensed to Chill. And I think that's interesting because he's doing this practically with no radio airplay. Yeah. I, I, I In 2004, the only time you would hear Jimmy Buffett on the radio was Classic rock would play Margaritaville or something or somebody's yeah. mistake. But I do not recall any new oh, stuff. Pencil thing mustache. Yes, <laughs> yes. So interesting he's doing all that with very radio, uh, very little radio airplay. So for the next 20 years, he would continue to record and also play live to his rabid fans that were known as parrot heads. We talked about that before. They would wear parrots parrot hats okay and hawaiian shirts that was the gear okay? yeah and if they were kids that were doing it like if your parent was a parrot head your kid would be called a parakeet yeah okay and sort of like deadheads and and the tailgating was off the hook that was uh well known as, as you're gonna get lumped up at, at in the parking lot at a gym you, you would zoo them before you even went in the show you were hammered you were hammered like you were like just like Oh man, what the hell? What the hell happened? <laughs> and then it would just go. Then he'll go on stage and fucking rock out. It was pretty. It was pretty fascinating seeing some of those shows. Isn't that what you want from every show, pretty much? Yeah. So the thing with the Buffett show, you don't remember much by the end of it. You wind up somewhere. <laughs> like, How the hell did I get here? <laughs> How many times you saw him? Just once? Twice. Twice. Yeah, that's cool. So he was also a best-selling author. He wrote several books uh, that made the New York bestseller, New York Times that's, bestseller list. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, his memoir was called A Pirate Looks at 50, and he wrote that in 1998. Uh, he wrote two children's books called The Jolly Mon, like Jamaican Mon, and Trouble Dolls. He also wrote Tales from Margaritaville and Where is Joe Merchant? Uh, also, a a book called and a salty piece of land. Okay. So the guy wrote several books. They all did well. Uh, his songs appear in numerous films and he's also had a few cameos. Uh, most famously was in 2015 in the film Jurassic world. One of the sequels to Jurassic park uh, where he's actually holding two margaritas in his hand. And the dinosaurs get loose in the park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, surprised he didn't do any Sharknado stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. I guess he was a little older by that point. But 
in the late 80s, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, Margaritaville chain of restaurants was born. Um, started in Key West and would branch out to other cities, other locations. And that, you know, really made him a ton of money and, you know, boosted his whole, his whole profile from just being a musician. Now he's a restaurant owner. Okay. Now he also partnered with Anheuser-Busch to brew Landshark beer or Landshark lager, I guess it's called. Um, in 92, he started Margaritaville records. And in 2013, you mentioned this, he opened Margaritaville in the resorts casino hotel in Atlantic city, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's really now turned into uh, an entrepreneur. You know, there's also a Margaritaville in the Mohican sun too. Yes. There's one in new Orleans too. Oh yeah. 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 Um, in 2018, he teamed up with the Wrigley Company heir named William Wrigley Jr. to license Coral Reefer brand marijuana. So five years ago, he was getting involved with the weed trade, all right, which, you know, we all know has become more legalized. Um, unfortunately, in May of 2023, he was diagnosed with Merkel cell carcinoma, which is a very rare skin disease. Uh, in late August, he went into hospice care in his home in Sag Harbor, and he would pass away September 1st. Wow. Yeah. So, and, and you know, this was just a, a little tribute to him. Um, he was married a couple of times. He had a big family. Uh, fantastic career. Rabid fans. Good life. I mean, you know, and he was worth a billion dollars when he died. So, you know, I just think that uh, there's nothing, nothing. You can't say nothing bad about this guy. You know, he really. And I did learn quite a few things in the research just doing this. I, I, I didn't know everything yet. And uh, it's just cool. I'm just, you know, it's too bad that somebody like that had to pass away at only 77. And he was still performing um, when he announced yeah, when he announced in May that he was sick. He kind of was a little vague about what he had. He didn't reveal it. Yeah. Um, but you know, he was intending to beat this and he was intending to reschedule shows that had to be canceled. Unfortunately it didn't happen, but the music lives forever. Right, Rob? Yes, it does, man. And you know, you get some of his albums, you know, have him smoke a little joint and listen to some Jimmy Buffett, you know, have a good time, you know? Well, nothing to boost your catalog like dying, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. You know, you know, uh, you're hundred percent right. We we were talking about uh Sinatra before and and when he passed away in ninety eight, his catalog really hadn't been selling well for a while. You know, off and on. But yeah. you know, the duets thing was popular in the nineties. But his back catalog exploded. So yeah, you know, when that happened, and that was the time of cds and all that so you know yeah i mean it's it's uh you know it's he had a good life and and the fans will miss him and the fans will still listen to his music music never goes away yeah like it's almost like with tony bennett uh, he, um his his catalog went up like of course like if you went to uh spotify that you know those songs are like number one and you haven't heard the song but uh I think I think if you look into uh, Spotify right now, the definitely Margarita Mill is probably one of the most played songs right now. You know? Sure, it is, and all the downloads and from the 
you know, like Amazon and companies like that 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 yep. sell the MP3s, you know, that, that's all through the roof. Yep. Man, Mike, thank you for another good show, a tribute show again. We always we try to um, do some of these uh, shows of these people, legends that have passed away. It's people that, you know, that we grew up with. And um, right. and it's like, you know, another tragic figure passed away. We've been, but we've been, too, we've been doing too many of these. We've been doing too many of these in the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, it's 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 it's. Not to get on my soapbox, but it, it, it's sad because there really isn't anybody coming up to replace these people. You know, no. at least, you know, 20, 30 years ago, if somebody died, it was sad. But there was a, a great music scene in America and, and, and New York City and places specific that I knew about. And it was always there was always somebody up and coming that was interesting, even if an older artist passed away. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. And yeah, I just but like, a, like a Jimmy Buffett, there ain't gonna be nobody else that does no, what I can. Like, nobody will fill his shoes. I'm not saying yeah. that, but I'm just saying music in general. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, do you pay attention to really anything that's in the charts right now? No, I wouldn't no, even know I, anything. I, I don't either. I, I I'm 54. Maybe I'm dating myself. Maybe I'm old now. But it's like there's nothing really moving me. You know, every once in a while, I'll hear some band, you know, or someone will turn me on to something that's more underground. But there's there's nothing in the top 40 that interests me at all. And plus, I listen more to what do I listen to? I make my own state, like my own uh, station, Pandora. You know, I mostly listen to, uh, on, on Spotify. I mostly listen to classic rock or just rock. Yeah, I mean, know? stuff that you listen to all your life, you know. Yeah, that's, that that's always going to be there. But I, I, I'm always I've always been the kind of guy that likes to have my ear to things. And and we've done we've done some great podcasts with some up and coming bands. Yeah. Uh, but again, these these bands are way underground, and you know it will be difficult to break that that barrier to be big. I hope they all become big. But you know, it's just if you look at what's dominating in in music today, it's a lot of shit. It's a lot of crap. Not a lot of good stuff. No. Nah. So, anyway, I'm off my soapbox. Rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. Yep. And um, what do we say on this show? We don't get drunk? We get lumped up, just like Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> All right, people. We'll see you soon. See you next time, people. Bye.